From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of The Dairy Show. I am your host, Katie Schmidt. And before we get to our guests for this week, I do have some quick expo news. We are only days away from the deadline to nominate individuals for the World Dairy Expo Recognition Awards that will be presented at the 2022 event this fall. Every year, Expo recognizes an outstanding dairy producer, an industry person, and an international person of the year. Uh, So these individuals are really making incredible contributions to the dairy industry uh, here in the United States as well as around the world. If you have not looked into these awards yet, I highly encourage you to do so and to consider who in your life is deserving of such recognition and, of course, would encourage you to nominate them before the deadline on February 11th. Our last episode was, of course, about the colored shavings, and we are going to stick with that theme for this episode, too as we invite Kim and Brandon Grew of Valley Gem Farms in Cumberland, Wisconsin, to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Kim and Brandon. Hello. How's it going? Well, it is great to hear your guys' voices. Uh, For our listeners, you two are two of my really good friends and part of the reason why I love World Dairy Expo so much. So it is going to be a blast to have you on the show today. I'm sure I could introduce you both, but I really enjoy having my guests introduce themselves. So Kim and Brandon, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about your background in agriculture and your connection to dairy? I grew up on a Guernsey farm um, in Washington State, and then we moved to moved to Wisconsin in 94. Um, and and um, Kim's turn. Um, I'm Kim Grew, currently um, associated with Valley Gym Farm. Um, grew up on, born and raised in Neosho, Missouri, on my will farm with my parents and my siblings. Was raised with Holsteins and registered Holstein Jersey herd. Got into some Guernseys later on in life and became a part of Valley Gym Farm back in 2000. 12, I believe, when Brandon and I got married. And the voice we heard there for a little bit saying, hi, daddy, is who? That is our daughter, Bryn Grew. Um, she just turned two years old on January 8th. She's a little spitfire. And our future farm girl, she's obsessed with the cows. And we're excited to have her being raised in this industry. Brandon, you mentioned that your path in dairy started in Washington. What brought the Valley Gem Farm from the West Coast to northern Wisconsin? Is that kind of how you would identify where Cumberland is? Yeah, so we're in the northwest. I would call us the northwest corner right now in in Wisconsin. But anyways, yeah, so uh, pretty much the city was just and people were overtaking uh, the dairy in uh, Arlington, Washington, and my parents decided that, well, especially my dad decided they needed to move, and my mom fell in love with Idaho, and my dad fell in love with uh, this area, northwest Wisconsin, and so we ended up in Cumberland, and like I said, we we moved in 
the early summer of 94. What does the farm look like today? Uh, we milk uh, about 180 cows, of which probably about 70 Guernseys, 50 Jerseys, and 50 Holsteins, give or take a few. Uh, we farm 500 acres. We have a freestall barn and a parallel parlor, along with a pack barn for our show cows, dry cows, and just cows that don't like freestalls. And yeah. So you've got a, an assortment of breeds, but the focus is really kind of on the Guernseys and the Jerseys. I want to talk to you guys more about the Guernseys because that's what you've had the most recent success with in the show ring, especially at, at World Dairy Expo. So why do you work with the Guernsey breed? What is it about that breed that draws you to them and keeps you there? I would say for me, it's tradition. Um, we've had Guernseys at Valley Gym Farms for over 100 years. And so the passion has just been there forever to keep Valley Gym Farms and keep the Guernsey breed going um, and improving improving our herd and improving the genetics. And for me, I didn't grow up with Guernseys. I later was able to convince my dad to buy me a couple Guernseys just, just to have something different. And doing so down in Missouri, I was welcomed into the community, per se, um, particularly by Katie Dixon and Dave Croker. Um, they welcomed me in with wide open arms and got me involved in not only just showing Guernseys, but um, traveling to national conventions, participating in Quiz Bowl, competing in other youth contests and, you know, running for National Guernsey Queen and doing all those kind of activities, um, attending national conventions. Once after attending those, I just fell in love with the community of people and the camaraderie that the Guernsey breed has to offer. I just haven't ever left and just pursued more Guernseys. And I don't plan on leaving either because I um, we become very involved with the associations and um, have met some really lifelong friends. So I just really enjoy the Guernsey community, community and how they welcome anybody into the association. And how are you involved in so in the association currently? Currently, I am chairman of the National Youth Committee. So um, I help facilitate like youth activities at national conventions, make sure the program runs, you know, smoothly. Any take on new ideas and you know do those sorts of things that way. In the past, I used to be the Wisconsin State. Um, I used to be the Wisconsin state junior advisor and also the national junior advisor just now with a little more added projects on my list i'm just focusing on being the chairman of that youth committee um, we also were chairmen of the 2019 national guernsey convention that we hosted in eau claire brandon and i both did that uh so i'm the president of our um local counties district association and then i'm also serving on the wisconsin state board i am on our national type committee and show committee currently also serving as a committee member of the ggs board which is a young sire ai group formed for the guernsey breed so what does the type committee do brandon because i don't know that i'm very familiar with that part of the association uh, so, I mean, just kind of looking to improve the type of the Guernsey cow, um, through classification and 
through shows and through everything, just looking at ways to improve. And then also like we switched to the Holstein classification program and I've played a fairly decent role in getting that switched over. And then also going to the workshops to work with the Holstein classifiers to see the Guernsey cow and the differences between the Guernseys and the Holsteins. So how have you two seen the Guernsey breed progress in, uh, you know, really the last probably 20 years uh, that you've been extremely involved in the breed? I mean, I think it's been like the drastic improvement to me has been in the last five to seven years. And I think just the the feet and legs and udders on the cows have improved tremendously. And and, and the, strength of, the strength has came back into the breed as well. I would say those are some of the major things that I think have really improved over the recent years. And I'll have to second that. I think the Guernsey breed, yeah, the last five to six years has changed drastically. At World Dairy Expo, when you hear, when you have the lineup of cows that we've had the last three, four years out there for Grand Champion, those four or five cows are remarkable. And even some of your top five in each class or even top 10, I'm, those are, you know, the kind of cow that has changed in a type wise has been phenomenal. You know, the strength, the dairiness, how much style the cow has. And then just obviously the udders are just tremendous nowadays. You know, seeing the high wide rear udders that are snugly attached. It's just been so beautiful to see those kind of cows and what they're doing and they're making heads turn. And we're seeing that as more and more people outside of the Guernsey breed are showing more interest in even purchasing Guernseys themselves. And I think that's just wonderful. And, and then, you know, that's, that's a goal of ours is to help, you know, change that perspective of the Guernsey breed too. What do you two attribute to that rapid development of the breed in, as you say, the last five to seven years? Getting back, getting back to what the Guernsey cow was original and not trying to make her something that she's not. Do you want to expand on that? Oh. I think a lot of people wanted the breed to be able to compete with other breeds. But the thing about the Guernsey cow is she's her own unique individual. And even breed to breed, they no breed should compete with another because they all have their unique characteristics. And I think the Guernsey breed was trying to get as tall as Holstein's and we grew them too fast and, and we lost a lot of strength. We lost a lot of front end that way. We lost a lot of other important characteristics, but in reality, the Guernsey cow doesn't need to be 60 plus inches. She needs to be her moderate size where she can produce and live in facilities any type of facilities and produce her golden milk that is she she's known for so we can keep the strength and we can keep well udders and you know the quality of foot and leg ditto so one of the things that you two have introduced me to or or helped me to better understand is how the male genetic side of the guernsey breed works and this is a whole new world for me as a holstein kid So do you want to share how you are going about the paternal side of the Guernsey breed and how that maybe differs from, we'll say, the more mainstream breeds of Holstein and Jersey and maybe red and whites? There's not an abundance 
Sire companies are very selective when choosing um, sires to join their programs. And due to that, there's not a wide variety of choices out there for Guernsey breeders. And then there's been those programs that have started, like Heath was talking about, the GGS, a group of breeders who um, select, you know, Guernsey bulls. But I think what a lot of breeders are doing is they do a lot of their own private collection or going and buying um, a herd bull as well. Um, Ed Crossland, Brandon, has been working with him with Masterpiece Genetics. Um, He just started up a bull program with, you know, more type influence, show influence. Pedigree. With deep, deep family pedigrees. And Brandon's been working with him on um, getting that semen out. But what's worked for us is using more privately, some privately collected bulls, but we are very particular on using cow families with great udders and feet like great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'll go a little further and just say, yeah, it, here at Valley Gym, I mean, we try to, try to go out and seek cow families and certain cows that we we take a liking to and and talk to the breeders and and look at whether we are going to purchase a bull or whether they're going to keep one and get it collected and, and going more that route than than always looking at the eye companies recently here in the last two to three years there has been sexing technologies and cmax and abs have all kind of gone back to taking a guernsey bull which has really helped really helped to give the a little more variety out there than there was for for years. Sure. And I, I can't believe it's taken this long, but uh, we obviously have to talk about the cows while we are chatting today. And the one that first comes to mind when uh, people who follow the, the Guernsey breed or who have paid attention at Expo to that show is Malt, of course, and uh, she would be our reigning grand champion at Expo. How are Malt and the others in the show ring doing today? Tell us a little bit about that group. I mean, they're doing really well. Um, we're <clears throat> using IVF work and flush work to really try to reproduce the, our reproduce our better cows right now. We just ran Malt here last week, and we're going to run her the upcoming weeks as well. Yeah, I mean, doing great. If if someone hasn't been watching uh, the shows or, or is aware of who Malt is, how would you describe that cow uh, to someone who can't see a picture or a video of her? Do you, would you like me to do that, Katie, after my experience with her at World Dairy Expo this year? Well, if somebody watched the footage, they would know what you're talking about. But Let's stick with some physical characteristics of Malt and leave her personality out of it today. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> to me, she's she's the modern she's the modern type of cow that we're looking for. She's she's not huge. She's straight line. She's dairy from from her head and neck all the way back. Um, hard topped, great feet and legs, and her udder's phenomenal. Yeah, just her quality from one end of the one end of her to the other, I think makes her stand, makes her stand out. She just, you look at her and she just speaks dairy. You know, her hide is so silky. She's 
very dairy, but she carries enough strength. She's, yeah, like you look at her and when you think of breaking down like a scorecard or a classification, she is, she is dairy strength. She's super ultra dairy, but she carries enough strength throughout and enough width throughout. And, and like Brandon said, she, her fiend legs, she walks so well on them you know, being on concrete or on a pack or walking to and from the barn, she handles them so nicely. And her udder, I mean, she's got tons of veins, just absolutely gorgeous, welded on udder. And the nice thing about her is she milks out so clean too. And that just speaks to quality of her udder. Once you get it milked out, how it just milks out to almost a rag. And and she's just quality from end to end. And she's just a really f- fun cow to work with. I can I can attest to that as well. But if someone was listening to Reasons at Expo, uh, as Molly was naming her, I think as she was naming her grand, actually, she called attention to the fact that malt was only 20, 20 some days fresh at the time that she was on the colored shavings. How did you get her to that point that she needed to be at to be competitive out there with that lineup of of strong cows? It was a process. And I mean, I am going to have to brag on Brandon and his good buddy, Scotty Weisensaw. They knew, I mean, they talk like every day and up until the day of the show every day on Malt's plan. But even before this, like what like what day she needed to go dry. What did that diet need to look like during her dry period? How were we going to monitor? How was Brandon going to monitor her diet during that time? All the way to the cutoff to what day she need to calve in order for us to know that we had enough time to get her to the ring. And that's when I talk about quality. Every year malt has calved. Her udder gets just enough edema to give it enough bloom, but not enough edema where you need to work on it for months to get some of that kinkiness or edema out to make to get the veins popping again. And yeah, I mean, we did we did a lot. I mean, Brandon would run cold water on her udder to keep the quality there. Um, Thankfully, we had she had a smooth calving, um, so that went well. And she was the girl knows what to do. I mean, you've worked with her at the shows. She knows what to do. She knows when to eat. She knows how to eat. And she knew that she was ready to go to Expo because she came in and she would eat and eat, and she just did her thing to help get ready. And we assisted her in just making sure like her diet was right and you know running the dairy cell running cold water on her and doing the extra things to help get the quality and keep the quality of udder to her so what does the show program look like for her and the others at this point of year or when does that really start to ramp up outside of malt's unique situation this past fall through the winter and everything our cows are on a tmr Right now, we're, I mean, even, even some of the pregnant cows that are due back, I mean, we're still, <clears throat> we're IVFing some of them, trying to get calves coming out of them, pregnancies to keep improving the, the herd and the genetics. 
And then usually come late spring, early summer is when I will take the ones that we have that we think will be going to the first shows and put them on a, in a separate pen and put them on a hand grain diet. And then they get during the summer, I mean, on more normal years, unlike last year, um, they will get sprayed off at night and clipped a couple times throughout the summer. I guess that's probably a some summary of what our show program looks like. The last thing I have to talk to you guys about, and uh, this relates to the fact that Valentine's Day is approaching. So naturally, I needed to to find some guests who have an expo connection to their love story because there are are so many of them, and they're so the hopeless romantic in me loves the fact that people have love stories connected to Expo. So do you want to tell us how the two of you came to be married and have this uh, adorable little family? In 2008, I had my four-year-old cow there, my Will Tiller Malibu, who is also Malt's dam. So the whole meaning behind Malt is just so much more significant and you know, just with her winning, just because of this crazy story. But in 2008, um, Malibu went to World Air Expo, and that's where Brandon first saw her and loved her and wanted to own her. And I think it was at Louisville shortly after. He asked a friend to go get a price on her and wanted to buy Malibu. Unfortunately for him, I had priced her a little too high. Just, you know, she was my girl and, you know, so she was just a little bit out of his price range. And so he ended up not buying her, but he added me as a friend on Facebook. From there, you know, we were just, you know, mutual friends, knew of each other. And then in 2010, we started chatting and... I had actually had a bull out of Malibu that he ended up buying. And from there, we kind of just were like, just talking. And we went our first date in May. We started talking like May 5th. And then we went on our first date. You were in Ohio and I was in Wisconsin. And we met at a Six Flags in Chicago. For our first date. I think it was around the 17th. Yeah. Yeah. I was interning with Jersey. And then I proposed at Expo three months later. Well, the Expo proposal almost didn't happen. Funny thing. (laughs) Maybe it would have happened. I don't know. But he had told me like it was my first year tying with him and his group at Expo. And he told me that they all go out to dinner on such and such nice the first Saturday Saturday, they all go out to dinner have a nice dinner as a group and everything so just bring nice clothes and I was like okay and then when we get there he's like yeah it's just gonna be us we're just gonna go out to dinner because we don't get to see each other often and I think it was like our four month anniversary and so he took me to dinner to this Italian place, and he was like on, on his State Street. On State Street with this big truck. Um, I was wearing heels because I'm a heels girl. And anybody who knows like downtown Madison, like you just don't park and go into your place. Like you have to park and then walk. <laughs> and 
So we had to like walk so far to this restaurant. Restaurant, I mean, the food was good. Everything was good. We get back and he's like, we get back to Alliant Energy Center and he's like, let's go for a walk. And I look at him and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like we just walked downtown Madison and you want to go for a walk? I'm like, don't we have to get back to the cows and chore and everything? And he's like, nope, everybody's got it under control. And I'm just like, okay i was like well can we pull closer and he, so i was like where do you want to go walk and so we pulled over by the willows and we went walking through the sidewalk and there was a guernsey calf underneath the willows with um, a basket tied around her neck and rose petals on the ground and he went over and got out of the basket a box a ring box and our our friend um um, Jackie had the calf. She handed me the calf and he got down on the knee and proposed. And funny thing is, I just started laughing. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, you know, four months, but I mean, like we knew, I mean, we knew we were going to be together um, for the rest of our lives. But of course I said, yes, obviously. But the joke is that he couldn't afford the cow. So he thought he would buy me a ring. So he could own the cow anyways. And it cost me a lot more in the long run. But you got malt. But he got malt out of it now. So And Bren. And Bren. Our gorgeous daughter. Yeah. And, and your unconditional love. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We're coming up on our 10-year anniversary of being married this April. So it kind of like was crazy to think that it's, you know, we been together almost 12 years and then married for 10 years now and have a two-year-old daughter and and the things we've accomplished together the passions and our goals in life have still remained the same as people who have had multiple you know once in a lifetime experiences at expo do you have one that's the favorite or is there something beyond you know, Malt's wins or the proposal that just stands out as this was also a, a fantastic moment shared together in Madison. I think this past year was, it was such an emotional year um, with our daughter. And I'm not going to cry. By having her ringside with us to win Grant and being able to kiss her right after Winning grand with Bryn there was the best experience of my life. To have her there, to have my husband there, Brandon, to have my family, my parents, both my parents who have done nothing but support us and got us, and my dad who bred Malibu, and our friends and family. It's, you know, you always want to say a proposal, but when you have your daughter who... Sadly to say, almost didn't make it there with you. It just becomes the best experience ever. I don't think anybody would argue with you on that. That was, I, I think there was a lot of people uh, in tears watching that moment happen. I know I was. It was very powerful to watch. So I think that's a fitting, fitting uh, favorite memory of Expo. Well, Bryn sounds like uh, she is ready for you guys to be done. So we are going to be done. And uh, thank you both so much for being on the podcast today. 
You're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you.